and scores! And that's it! Wrexham are champions! Wrexham are champions! Wrexham are the FA Trophy winners 2013! Thanks for downloading the Wrexham Supporters Association's Final Whistle podcast. You can follow us by looking for Wrexham Fan on Twitter, on Facebook, or read our blog at wrexhamfan.wordpress.com. The four added minutes are up, and Wrexham, for them, the game is up as Artel feeds it short. This has been a a disappointing performance, especially in the second half when they've really failed to get to grips of an older shot tied. They've looked coherent and solid as now here comes Gibbs with his first touch driving forwards and working the ball rather wide into the box left hand side. Williams takes it to the corner flag and all the shot fans are disappointed and you can see why because Wrexham aren't coming back into this. In fact, there is the final whistle and well might the older shot fans applaud another good home win for them. The frustration for Wrexham is their little mini-run ends. The final score, Aldershot Town 2, Wrexham 0. And a performance in which really the roof caved in on Wrexham. The first half hour, it was very similar in pattern to the Leeson game, really. The first half hour, Wrexham looks decent. Had a lot of possession, worked it around well and looked fairly comfortable. They, they had decent early chances as well. And a nice move ended with Ormod popping it off and Bailey Jones cutting inside. Had a shot which was saved, low to his right by Glenn Morris, a keeper who looked tidy but was never really extended enough by the Wrexham strikers. Then again Billy Jones, who looked lively in fits and starts, cut inside, got to a loose ball, second ball first. And squared the ball onto Harris, whose long-range shot went just wide, with Morris scrambling to his left to make sure the, the ball wasn't going to go on target. And early on, the signs were decent, but as the half wore on, Aldershot just started to get more of a grip in midfield. Martin Rollins and Craig Stanley excellent in the centre of the pitch, working hard, closing Wrexham down and starting to get things going. And Lewis Young, the debutant for Aldershot, and brother of Ashley Young, Highly impressive on the right-hand side. He was a constant threat, running at Neil Ashton with his pace. And he started to make opportunities. A great run down the right-hand side by him. He cut inside and drove a shot, trying to beat Miebe at the near post. Miebe did well to get down and push it around the coast. From the corner, attacked by Clark at the near post. He headed it up at the air somewhat. Patterson managed to get underneath it and tried an opportunistic flick header over his own head from six yards out. It went just wide of the far post. Another good ball into Young, this time by Mark Mosley, who in the hole was often drifting around and trying to feed those diagonals out to the right-hand side. Ashton lunged in, missed his interception. Young racing in round the back of the defence, cut inside, swept the ball in, drove across, which beat Miami, but rather threw him, and off the line, Artel had to lunge in and hook the ball to safety. However... Despite the threat of Young, despite the fact that Aldershot would decide to look more like they had a goal in them, Wrexham in the first half still were having spells of clarity and spells where they were putting pressure on. And at half or to a close, it was them with the better opportunities. A hopeful shot for a penalty after Bailey Jones had done well to surge forwards, but then maybe when he should have pulled the trigger on the edge of the area, he cut inside and tried to beat the defender and rather ran into trouble. And then Hunt picking the ball up in the hole, laying the ball out wide quickly to Thomason. A good crisp move there. Thomason drilled in a good cross. The keeper lunging out, just beat Bishop to it, six yards out. So at half-time, it was nil-nil, and a decent sense of equilibrium for Wrexham, the danger of Young notwithstanding. Second half was totally different. All the shot from the first, one on the front foot from the first. Wrexham's midfield was forced deep and was struggling to get a foothold in the game. And the three strikers were horribly isolated. Bailey Jones just wasn't getting the sort of service he needed, and he was 
was soon sacrificed for Adrian Cislovic, who suffered from the same problem. He wasn't getting the ball in areas where he could threaten the older shot defence. Something had to give as the pressure built, and it did in the 61st minute. And after two clean sheets, Wrexham will be frustrated with the manner in which it came. Joe Clark, who was slapping in possession throughout, lost the ball on the edge of the area after making an interception. The ball was picked up by Mosley, who broke into the left channel hit the goal line and cut back inside Harris lunging expecting a driven ball and sold himself much too easily and Mosley had a chance to drive from a tight angle he blasted it with power but pretty much straight at Miyabi who really ought to have done better went straight through him and into the net to give Aldershot a lead, a goal which Wrexham really could have avoided conceding. Mosley was full of beans now, and moments later, he was getting the ball in again, cutting inside Clark from the left flank, and hitting a screamer of a shot, which just scraped the right-hand post, and Miebe at full stretch, but beaten. Then another frightening moment from Miebe, again Mosley having a go, fancying his chances in 25 yards, and hitting in a skipping shot, which bounced in front of the keeper, but was straight at him. Somehow Miebe managed to miss it with his hands and it hit his thigh and squirmed over the ball. It could have been a really embarrassing goal. Wrexham rode their luck there, but once Young went off, it wasn't a respite. Young had tired, but on came Jason Roberts and he was just as dangerous down the left-hand side, although obviously just saying a bit of a nasty streak as he pulled Thomason more and more into a scrap, literally. Having said that, his sledging works as Thomason suffered once Roberts came on down his flank and the, the battle was certainly won by the winger, eventually decisively. But first, Roberts is involved swinging in a cross into the box. A poor stooping header by Ntame when he should have volleyed it away. Fed it to Patterson on the edge of the area. His powerful shot was much too straight and easily fielded by Miebe. But ten minutes from the end, Roberts did get that decisive victory over Thomason. Sloppy defending again by Wrexham, allowing Williams to get it across on the right-hand side. Drilled into the far post. But Thomason looked to be underneath it, misjudged it somehow, and diving in behind Roberts did well to keep his head down, but from six yards out, allowed the opportunity by Thomason, was able to head the ball into the bar and past the helpless Miebe. Wrexham had gone close just before then, Harris surging forward and finding a second sub, Ogilby down the left channel, when he fed the ball in. Bishop's attempt from six yards out was blocked, but his pass didn't give Bishop much of a chance. Probably Ogilby should have had a goal from a tight angle instead. And it was indeed... It was uh, Aldershot who looked more likely to get the next goal of the game. Uh, another poor touch by Antame allowed Mosley once again to come forwards and he slashed in a powerful shot from the edge of the box. A superb save by Miebe, just tipping it onto the bar and behind for the corner. The 93rd minute, debutant Mark Harrington on with a couple of minutes left, teed up Cislovic, whose driven shot was saved comfortably by Morris, but by then the game was well and truly gone and, and poor. What a shame that the second half really just fritted away so alarmingly. Yes, well, you say the second half frittered away alarmingly, but in effect we started, started frittering away after the first 20 minutes of the first half. And having, you know, struggled to get to half-time at level terms because it was all Aldershot, you thought, well, don't worry, we'll sort it out over half-time because you could see where the Aldershot attacks were coming from. It was always down the right-hand side. It was always created by Mosley, who played the ball through for Young to race onto, who then uh, interchanged well with either Williams or Patterson or whoever else wanted to play little one-twos with him, getting around the back of Ashton B because of pace. Uh, but we thought... Well, you 
uh, you thought, well, they'd have to do something to change that, but we came out with exactly the same style of play, and I don't see the point of starting a second half and taking off a player after eight minutes when he's barely touched the ball, bringing on Adrian Cizovic, which is just a like-for-like -like change, and we were still having exactly the same problem. Adrian Cizovic wasn't going to stop them breaking down the right-hand side. He certainly tackles back more than he ever used to, but there were still those problems there, and it just continued. And in the end, it was wave upon wave upon wave of Aldershot. We kept sitting deeper and deeper and deeper. Our forwards got no service whatsoever. It, it was back to hoofball. Uh, I mean, if you actually think about it, Mark, the um, the actual um, the actual um, most creative player, as far as we were concerned, because Jay Harris worked hard but wasn't that creative. The most creative player was Junior Untame, who was doing his best to break out of defence, doing his best to play to um, uh, to place headers and, and played some decent passes and he's my he's my he's my man of the match um the only one who was ever really going to challenge him for that was uh jay harris who, who was run, trying to run the midfield by himself um johnny hunt was anonymous joe clark was shocking i mean i can't put it any higher than that every ball he touched was bobbling off bits of limbs which didn't control it, and that included his feet. Passes weren't going to Wrexham players. Tackles were being missed. Headers were being misplaced. It's the worst game I've seen Joe Carr play, and we know he can play an awful lot better than that. And without our midfield, it put pressure on the defence again, and it showed that when Artel's there and he's got a defensive line of three in front of him, we were able to break it down first of all. We are able to... to to contain the, uh, the the opposition. But here, they had a free run um, on right and left. Thomason was shown up for, in my view, not being ready yet. I mean, it was his mistake, really, for the second goal, the free header, because he was guilty of ball-watching and then didn't even try for either the ball or to try and put the man off. And several times he was caught out of position or making the wrong challenges. And... It was just wave upon wave, and it all coincided with Jocelyn Mayavi having one of his Jocelyn Mayavi days. Um, he was, uh, he was, he could certainly have got something on their first goal because it seemed pretty much at him. And rather than moving a hand to the right, left foot, right to the left, he sort of rolled backward and ended up on his backside. Um, he had, he. He put a ball over his own bar when it bounced in front of him and he tried to scoop it to his chest and, and just made one of those curves. You remember where you used to have a car which you used to go and do in loop the loop? Hot, hot, hot wheels, you're showing your age there, Mark. Well, that's exactly what it was like. His arm shaped the ball. It went straight up. Thankfully, it went over the bar because he was nowhere to try and stop it. Uh, of course, the usual oohs and ahs from the home fans um, who immediately got on his, got on his back. Um, and then all the nerves just spread throughout the team. In the end, even little Jay Harris, who we know just runs and runs and runs and never gives up, his head dropped as well. Because we could play for another 90 minutes, they could be down to eight men and we probably still wouldn't score. It's really back to the drawing board as far as Andy, Andy Morell's concerned. We certainly need a right back here. I think uh, the sooner Dean Keats is back and fit, the better, because we need that. And we need some more create, cre uh, creativity and we need a plan B because today showed that we don't have one. It was crying out as 4-3-3 wasn't working to change to 4-4-2. You know, my own view would be play as we were behind in chasing the game. Keep 
keep Bailey Jones on the stick, Cheesy on the other wing, and have a go at them, play balls down the channel and use pace. But we didn't do that, we just changed like for like, and as that hadn't been working in the first place, it sure as hell wasn't going to work after those changes, and we got what we deserved. Um, no goal, not really threatening their keeper, any shots he had to save. We were very comfortable, no pace on them whatsoever, always hurried, because... because um, as far as Aldershot were concerned, they harried and harried and harried, and we were always under pressure. It was a really, really disappointing performance, and as other people on Red Passion are pointing out, that's five defeats already this season. We're, what, 13 points behind the league leaders. We haven't got an easy run of games coming up, um, and at the moment one wonders where whether we are actually going to challenge. I don't think we will ever be in a relegation scrap because there are easily four teams worse than us. But sadly, I think there are plenty more than four who are better than us at the moment. So, um, rather disappointing uh, end of end of the day, Mark. Absolutely. Um, Hot Wheels still exists, by the way, Paul. And I've got to say, when I arrived at the ground, at first I was afraid, I was petrified, and this, this time I was right. Uh, anyway, I'm sure Andy Miller won't be too happy with what he saw out there. Nowhere near where we were. The difference on Tuesday to today is huge. You know, and I thought we'd got, got over that, but uh, we just didn't have half my team playing at the same standards as they were doing, have done for the past couple of games, and when you've got that, you're going to struggle. I mean, in terms of possession, it was pretty even, so how disappointing is it then when you consider that? No, I know, yeah. We, well, we just didn't move the ball quick enough, and when, you know, on, on Tuesday night, we really moved it really quickly and got a, a, you know across the pitch and, and got people in a lot of space, but today we just didn't... You have to give credit to them, they thought they played well, you know. They... they tackled, put themselves about right in our faces and we just didn't do the same back to them which is what we've been doing to teams as well so we, uh, we've got to be better, we'll raise ourselves and go again on Tuesday What about the two goals? Well it's a mistake from Joe I think he could have just cleared it, he took a touch and got, took off him um, just smashed it didn't he past Jossie um, but we, did, we didn't deserve to win today so uh, there's no quality either Having said all that, I mean, early on, you started quite brightly. There were some chances early on. Theo Bailey-Jones looked pretty lively again. Yeah, yeah, we, I thought we did. Yeah, I thought we started brightly, but then it seemed that we got to 10, 15 minutes, and because we hadn't scored, it was one of them. Oh, it's going to be hard work again, but just keep going, because you're away from home, you stay in the game, and you and you see if you have to see a nil-nil out, you see a nil-nil out. But we, we didn't, you know, and when you're not, if you're... If you are feeling a bit tired or you're not up to where your normal standards are, then you get yourself in a position where you stop them playing and, and cause them some problems. And we didn't do it. You talked before the game about the importance of keeping the momentum going after the two wins. So how yeah. much of a blow is this? Yeah, it could be a hit. But uh, like, we've got two home games now that we've got to look forward to and, and shake it off and get on with it. Yeah, how important are those two games? I mean, at least you've got one now on Tuesday, so you've got a chance to bounce back from this. Yeah, we've got to get back on the on the bike I suppose and Braintree are a tough team they've always caused us a few problems so uh, it's going to be uh, not an easy game but we'll, uh, we'll be back in training and we'll, we'll look to put right what we did I just I didn't like the way that we just sort of rolled over a little bit at the end and let the game just peter out I thought we had more to us and you know we just, just a lot of things wrong today
so real disappointment for Wrexham and, and a step backwards in all honesty listen out for uh, the Wrexham player into Dave Artel he pulls absolutely no punches with what he thought of the performance believe you me uh, but it was a, a they say frustrating for Wrexham to perform like that or to not perform like that should I say it really didn't show up on the day uh, the plan B debate interests me I've got to say, I'm not totally convinced by the need for the Plan B as such, like a lot of people see it. But I was quite interested when we went down to speak to Andy Morrell to hear Aldershot fans talking about the game by the signs of the pitch saying they had no Plan B and think, oh, well, that's the conclusion they've drawn on us. And I certainly felt today it might have been wise to make some sort of a change. Paul talked about making a 4-4-2. Yeah, it looked like it was worth doing because Jay Harris was a one-man midfield in all honesty, for much of the last hour of the game and really make some, perhaps to do something about that and maybe give Mark Harrington a bit more time to try and make an impact. But, yeah, it was frustrating. In the last couple of games before today, there have been a lot of signs of the, the key elements of Wrexham's game plan clicking. Today, an awful lot of them didn't work. And I think that's a reflection of where we are. We're not the team we were for the last three years. We're more a side who might get into the playoffs if we hit a bit of form. But that means there's going to be days like this, I think. We're a lot more erratic than we used to be. Because we haven't got the quality and depth that we used to have. And when things work, fine. But I'm a little worried about how easy it's been for teams to impose themselves on us and turn a game around which often has started in our favour. It happened at Neeson. To a lesser extent, it happened at Lincoln, where we held them at arm's length until Stephen Wright went off. And I think there's just a, a bit of concern there that we are now a side who, when the opposition turned the tables on us, are not quite able to withstand that and stop them from doing it. We're finding it tougher than we used to. But the season's young, and our priorities and parameters have, have got to be a little bit different. For freezing days today, though, we can't afford too many performances like that. Like I said, I drew my barometer on the Plan B idea partly from what I saw amongst the older shot fans and their reaction after the game. The delight, even now, it's a good 45 minutes after the game ended and the happy faces around the stadium, I think, told the story. Their delight is, and they were comfortable winners, comfortable for that 2-0 win. It was a fair reflection of the game, and that's a shame. With the final score of Aldershot Town 2, Wrexham nil. We've been Mark Rivers and Paul Jones from the Wrexham Supporters Association's Football Commentary. And scores! And that's it! Wrexham are champions! Wrexham are champions! Wrexham are the FA Trophy winners 2013! Thanks for downloading the Wrexham Supporters Association's Final Whistle podcast. You can follow us by looking for Wrexham Fan on Twitter, on Facebook or read our blog at wrexhamfan.wordpress.com.